All right, and welcome to the Unwarranted Confidence Podcast with myself, Ken Dioden, and my first ever guest on the show, Mr. Thomas Coughlin. Say hello to the people. Also known as TCXL. How are you doing? What's cracking? TCXL, that's right. And that actually leads me straight into my first question for you today. Um, so TCXL, make music, you know, I love I love your shit. You know, I have some of your shit liked on Spotify, on my playlist and that. Tell the oh, people what kind of music you're into. Tell, tell the people what, what we're doing here. Okay, well, I don't know. This is like the first time I've ever done like an interview, even though I've, I've known you since I'm like 12. Yeah, but of course, yeah, totally. We're actually talking about it, so... Uh, music, I took up music when I was like 16 and I would just make beats on GarageBand on my iPad and when people were listening to their own music like in their iPads because school had iPads I'd unplug their headphones from their iPads <laughs> and plug it into mine I was like, what do you think of that? They are like, this fucking sucks, man So I like, won't lie, I remember it <laughs> <laughs> Fuck you But no, it, I think the reason I that I'm still doing music is from an innate desire to make something that people would listen to and then be like, oh, that's actually good, man. I hear that. And I, I fucking just, hear that. And now I'm stuck doing it. And obviously, when I listened to your last album, The Bollocks, um, uh, definitely a couple of them songs really had me like, shit, you know, my, my boy Tom really outdid himself here. Like, some of your yeah. songs really did slap for me. I won't even lie. Uh, the love that got, it really shocked me, actually. I thought it was going to get somewhere like 500 plays across the whole thing and then just die. Because, like, I didn't promote it at all. I was just posting yeah. on Instagram story. Hey, I'm dropping an album. It was, it was, more, it was more William doing the promotion. <laughs> yeah, was, I think, no, to be fair, though, I think the only reason it did as well as it did is because the people who, my people were like, you know, this is we have to spread this around. We have of to course. make sure that other people hear this. And then people who I didn't even fucking know were putting on their stories, which is the first thing. That, that's that's, that's unreal. People. But also, I wonder how many people only listened to it. Live the night it came out. Like mm. I made it, shaved it into a mohawk. So, you know, that was my Oh, my God. Remember that? And it worked. Do you remember that? How many views did you get on that live stream? Can I ask? Do you remember Shit, we're glitching, bro. Yeah, you did say you had dog shit Wi-Fi. How are Where were we? Um, how many um, views did you get on that um, live stream? On that, on the live stream where I shaved my head? Yeah, to promote the bollocks. I think, like, 60 people tuned in, which is, like, the most I ever had. it was, like, yeah, to three, be fair. until that one, it was only three people tuning into my fucking... <laughs> Just <laughs> everyone here, ah, Thomas Cochran shaving his head, everyone hops on. That's exactly what and happened. That's, and that's one of those small town things as well, like, especially in a small town. Um, oh. I, I, and I say Navin's a small town. Until you leave Navin, you never realise how small it is. Um, but 100%. it's really a small town thing where you hear someone's doing something crazy and everyone just gets involved. Do you know what I mean? That's, that's really why I didn't, like, just give up to say, here, I made an album, that's it. Because a lot of people would be done. Be of like, course, hey, yeah. I did this thing. But... The reason why I wanted to keep going is because of how much love it got locally. Like, it didn't get picked up anywhere. The only fucking place that wrote about it was some dodgy blog in Nigeria, man. <laughs> called francoloaded.com. Of course. Because, yeah, you did a collab with um, that guy from Nigeria. What was his name again? D Hits Able God. D Hits Able God. And how did you come to get to know that guy? How did that even come about at all? Uh, 
I think Kanye, remember that time Kanye tweeted like a hundred times, right? Like consecutively, he was just firing them off quicker than he could. I play. remember I had my notifications on that night. That was the night I turned off my notifications for Kanye's Twitter. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but I, I was reading the replies to that. And he, he was like just promoting himself. And I was like, holy shit, this, this, this actually sounds good. Like he did a remix of uh, On God, that Jesus is King song. Okay, yeah. And I was like, man, this is good. I'm like, we have to just, I want to reach out, see if this dude's willing to work. I was like, yeah, I'll give you a beat if you throw me a verse. And he was like, okay, no problem. And then we ended up with just that weed. That song shouldn't have been that good, man. I don't know how it came out. Just that weed slapped so much harder than it should have. It's one of the, like, and obviously I'm not going to lie about it. Like, I have the whole album, obviously, liked on Spotify. So it's always going to be there. But the three songs that um, definitely made it into, like, my, um, the two songs, sorry, that definitely made it into my playlist was was, um, Just Add Weed and um, Talk Shit. Those two, for me, went way too hard. Those two songs went proper hard. React, yeah, he's really good. Um, And he's obviously a guy from London, I'm pretty sure you said. Uh, yeah, some I don't know the exact location, but somewhere. Yeah, just somewhere around there. And and how did that come about? How did you get to know him? Because I know you guys have collaborated before in terms of you giving him a beat and whatnot. Yeah. Uh, well, the the way this came about is well, first I know React because just from Twitter. Okay. Like literally just from Twitter because some of the boys know him from Xbox and stuff. Oh. So he was okay. like, in their replies. I was like, who the fuck is this guy? And. Uh, we actually didn't like each other at all at first, but then we got added into this Instagram chat uh, for this other artist. Uh, what's his name? Anyway, and I just ended up talking to him. I just ended up talking to React, and we that's we started just sending shit to each other. This hard, we need to actually hop on a track. Like we need to spit, and that's what happened. Really, we sent it. To wow. Him. And then next thing you know, you have um, what was that song again? Um, the re- the react one where you gave him the beat. I think that was the first one you guys collaborated on. I made two tracks with him. Okay. Uh, one of them was called Run Up, which is probably the better one of the two. Well, no, that's his favorite. My favorite one that we did is actually different, but that's that's not different. Good. Different's the one that that one. Brothers be with it. What's he Bro, some of his bars, his bar about like coming, uh, coming like a menace, like Dennis, no Bergkamp, like that. That was hard for me as a football fan. Like that was that was a that was a hard bar. He's, you know, one of the interesting things about the Irish hip hop scene is there are there's just a fuck ton of football bars. Like, yeah, I've noticed that recently as well. I, as you know, that's like I, that's not my thing at all. Yeah, of course. Yeah, of course. Yeah, you you've always been more into the gaming, sci-fi kind of side of things as opposed to football and sports yeah, in general. Like really, I'm yeah. Real world. I like You're one of the nerdy kids in school, weren't you? Yeah. <laughs> but then again, so was I, and, and obviously that's how we came to be friends. So, Absolutely. you know, I was You're fucking melters. Oh, fucking hell. Tell me about it. At least I was a bit more adaptable in that you know I I was I had that nerdy side to me. We had our common interests and stuff like marvel and you know obviously you went to star wars not really my thing but we did have a lot in common that side but as well i went off playing football and basketball and i was friends with all those kids yeah. from from doing that as well so but, yeah, well, um, i just stayed geeking I was yeah geeking. you stayed geek- and there's absolutely nothing wrong with that and i think that's a beautiful thing that yeah. kind of had your kind of niche and you know and it's kind of 
you look back on it, you know, now that we're, we've both left school and we're doing our things now, and you look back and, like, schools really did have their cliques, as they say, you know, you have the sports and people and the geeky people and the, the music types and the artistic types, like, you really, you never, like, I feel like growing up in Ireland, you never really see that, I feel like, especially because our school was so new and we were the only, you know, we were the only year well, it's, it's, I think it's crazy how narrow your... All right, so we were talking about, obviously, how narrow your worldview is um, oh, yeah, at that yeah, age, yeah. you know. And um, really, everything that was going on around us, like, it was purely... We were so focused on, oh, my God, like, I just kissed a girl. Like, I, I just had my first kiss. And, like, you know, remember back then, we'd be going out to discos, like, just going fucking Walter Sound, doing, uh, oh, coming back stop. the next Monday, going, oh, how many girls did shift the other night? Like, do you know what I mean? Here, Tales is so mad. <laughs> He he get twenty buddies. They were and oh too. They'd all laugh at you. You know what I mean? I, fam, it was it was crazy. And I'd only ever gone to Watertown once. Um the only reason my parents let me go is because I won a free ticket and they're like, oh, fuck it, go on. So uh <laughs> but um it's weird how different that culture is to here, um, in Manchester. So when I first moved over here, um I was 15 and I remember coming into my new school and they were saying, oh, Kendi, um, like, what's your body count? Like, wh where are you at right now? I was like, shit, I'm a virgin. I'm, I'm you 15. You had no hoes back then. Do you know what I mean? I'm fit. Hey, I had hoes. I ain't going to name nobody, but I, I had hoes. But the most I was getting at 15 was head fam. But like, these lot were like, oh, what's your body count? What's your body count? I'm like, I'm a virgin. And it, it, was, it wasn't even that they laughed at me, but rather they didn't believe me. That's what was mind blowing to me. These lot, a lot of people like in that kind of area, and to be fair, all around the UK, lose virginities at like 13, 14, 15, like crazy ages. Where back it's home, we were just worried about fucking how many girls you shifted on the weekend, making well, whole last week there for the first time, bro. Do you know what I mean? Like at our age, there was maybe one or two girls in the whole school who'd have lost their virginities. And then any lad in the school who's lost their virginity lost it to either of those two girls. And that was the way it went. <laughs> oh my god man that's crazy but it's i can't imagine what imagine the sides were flipped imagine it was me and my family that ended up going over there and we were still having this conversation it was just flipped yeah be weird I as say, in I'd, like i'd have would, an english accent by now do you think it would you would have picked it up i would have done it on purpose oh, no could i could never no Is like only got more. I don't, man. I'm not even going to get into your accent. I don't know what. My mm -hmm. accent has been the most inconsistent thing of all time. Um, sometimes you come I, out mad dub. Sometimes you have a twang of English in there. Like, yeah, it, it doesn't. Uh, well, you spend five years over here. A, a little bit will just creep in, won't it? Yeah. Yeah, but I feel like I've done well to kind of fight that off. Um, I was like, the British have colonized enough. They're not going to colonize my accent. <laughs> Do you know? After fucking up my camera doing that. But um yeah, for real. It was one of those things where um a lot of people have actually said to me that since moving to England, they feel like my accent has become even more Irish than it was before. Because I feel like when we were younger, it was straight just American. Yeah. You know, and um, you know, it, it really did diversify coming here. And I think that was more to fight off any British accent coming on. So I just kind of adopted so many other accents. So obviously there was, obviously my American side, which I've always had, a bit more Irish, a bit of Nigerian creeped in as well. You know, I really, 
I feel like in the last couple of years of my life, I've really embraced my Nigerian roots. That's good. You know, be proud of where you come from, bro. Of course, yeah, totally. I feel like as a kid, there was always a part of me that was just like, okay, yeah, my family's from Nigeria, but like I wasn't born there. I know nothing about Nigeria. I'm Irish. Do you know what I mean? Exactly. But, like, I feel like in recent times, you, you see kind of how black people are treated all around the world. And it, it reminds you that at the end of the day, like, that's your people. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? And you just kind of have to remember that and try and embrace that as much as you can. Because the better you know yourself, the less, the, like, those people can hurt you, if that makes sense. Do you know what I mean? And Yeah, absolutely. What, I think, hmm. I don't know, I can't tell whether it's due to, like, the way the world has changed in the last year or whether it's just a matter of maturity turns into embracing who you are as a person, you know what I mean? Yeah, totally. Yeah, I hear that. And that actually, you know. Yeah, that reminds me of um, a friend's sister once said to me, um, when we were like kids, you know, she was asking us, oh, you guys only like white girls, isn't it? And we were like, yeah, we only like, like we're like 12 or 13. We're like, yeah, it's strictly white girls over here. What's going on? Do you know what I mean? And like, she said to us, trust me, when you when you get older, you, you'll start to appreciate black girls a lot more. Yeah. And that's, as I've gotten older, like, yeah, my girlfriend's white, but like, I'd be lying if I said I've never looked at a black girl and be like, well, <laughs> do you know what I mean? Or even, even a, like a brown girl and thought, fantastic. Do you know what I mean? Like, well, like, really... it's the science thing as well. Like, people like people who look like them. Even, like, if I was to get with a whiteboard, she'd probably have some level. Like, you see some couples and you think they were nearly siblings as well. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. When I was in college here in England, um, so I don't know if you know, but like college here is like the two years that you have for leaving, sir. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So when I was in college here, there was a couple in my college that were in the year below me. So this is when I was in my last year. And I remember looking at them thinking, you guys are definitely brother and sister. Like, you look eerily alike. It was quite creepy, but at the same time, you know, it is what it is. I'm not gonna get involved in your family. I used to walk around Bolton half the time and think, man, half these people are inbred. Like, just look, like, you know, when you can look at someone and tell they're inbred. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It's something yeah. happening with your genes, bro. <laughs> <laughs> I was watching um, How to Get Away with Murder. My girlfriend recently got me into it, so I've just finished it in the last month or so. And um, there was a character on it, and I said, this guy is totally inbred. Like, look at this guy, he's inbred. And she was like, you can't just say that by looking at someone. I was like, just watch. Next episode, turns out he was inbred. So, <laughs> the, like, the character himself was inbred. And I was like, you can just see it. Okay, how do you think that worked? Do you reckon they hired a guy who looked inbred? Or do you think I, I, the I really call, they said, you have to be inbred? In I just really be. pray they looked for someone who just looked inbred. Because... <laughs> but even at that, that's a bit of an L. Absolutely. You, that, you, like, even if it's not the truth, you don't want to be the dude who's playing the character. You know what I mean? And I feel like that uh, a lot in, in, like, Hollywood and movies and stuff. It's, like, when you have to play, like, the fat character or, you know, like, a, you, you have to look like a geek to be this character. Like, something that might be seen as an insult. Like, how do you confidently go and go for a casting call knowing mm-hmm. they're looking for you to be the loser in this movie? They're looking for you to be the fat, like, butt of the joke in the movie. Like, Rebel Wilson, she's lost a lot of weight recently. But, like... She like in all the Pitch Perfect movies, the whole joke was that she's fat Amy. Like, how yeah. how do you sign up for that? And it's the same way. I was watching Matilda yesterday, right? And I was actually I remember that. myself. I was like, that they made that kid 
they pick the fattest poor bastard child, right? And brought him into the studio and was like, you have to, your character eats this whole fucking cake. Yeah, I'll do that. So you have to play a fat bastard. Imagine what that does to a kid. So- do you know what I mean? Especially, whatever happened to the kid who played Augustus Glue? That's what I want to know. Popped. Allow, allow. I'm pretty sure he actually lost. Which it way? Which one? Which goes to Scoop? I can't really speak on the seventies one. Yeah, I, I don't, I don't know so much about that one either. Now I'm talking about um early two thousands. Yeah, that's a brand yeah. new film. Yeah, that that did slap. To be fair, which one is that? Is that Willy Wonka's Chocolate Factory? Is that Charlie and the Chocolate Charlie that's and the Chocolate Factory? I can never remember. That's Charlie, which is really weird because I feel like that's a very Willy Wonka based film. I feel like it's very Willy Wonka centric. I mean, it is about his chocolate factory, you know? Yeah, true. Well, but, like, I, I think the the two films are very different. <laughs> 70s one definitely took a lot more creative liberties because, like, it, like, it adapted the book pretty well, but, and it, it definitely had a lot of the scarier overtones that rose yeah. out. But, like, the new one was way more whimsical and shit like that, you know? But I'd, I'd watch either of them, man. They're banging. Oh, I've not seen either of them for such a long time for absolute ages so let me ask you this right um so what are you doing at the moment like any projects anything like that going on what's, what's happening absolutely all here okay i'm gonna give you a little rundown right all right cool. so today is the 7th 8th of march no no it's friday the 13th of march 2020 i'll put out take it back right and I was like, my mixtape is out in four days. Come listen to that shit. And I was hyped. And I had only played one gig, and it was with my college, right? But I was like, listen, I've got... I remember to- seeing that online, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I'm sure there's a clip of the gig in the music video. Huh. But I, uh, I, I was like, um, yeah, so this is going to be grand. Like, I'm going to have these things put out. At the very least, I can open for an artist, like, you know? Yeah. It's all you need. I can make a few quid. Be sword, okay? That's what you want, yeah. That's a good start. Then, the project comes out the very day after all gigs announced cancelled. My entire plan, scrambled, gone. Fucking gone. That's COVID for you. Yeah, like, I, I, oh, it caught me so off guard. And I was living with my granddad Fingless at the time, right? Oh, yeah, yeah. I was staying with him. And so, I, during the day, I was down with him. At night, I was going up working on the project. But then, after that happened, I had to drop out of college. Obviously, I couldn't fucking go anywhere because I was with this old ass dude. Mm. And uh, then he ended up going to the hospital. So I was there in the house for till August on my own, right? Till my auntie dragged me out. She, like, just pulled me out of the gap. Uh, but what that allowed me to do was I was able to... Even though I was losing my marbles, I was able to channel that into just completely advancing what the sound was, you know? Yeah. Like, I completely changed my approach. I learned, I had so much time on my hands to just go ham and work on this shit. And I kind of got, earned the balls to get, like, more personal with it. So this next project, Sounds and Noises, is, like, I don't know. Some people probably like it less than the bollocks. It's definitely more experimental. It's okay, longer. Yeah. That's, what, that's what you like to hear. That's it. But I, I think don't... it's genuinely, it's going to be the first marker as to, that's out on Paddy's Day this year. 
Yeah. Not because I'm going to be dropping on Paddy's Day every year, but because I wanted to mirror, I am in the exact same place as I was last year, just like the album is, you know what I mean? Yeah, I hear that. Yeah. And um, I remember during that first lockdown, so some point in like March or April or whatever, we FaceTimed each other. And um, I remember you, you were saying that you were kind of going for a slightly different sound because you said, and obviously in the bollocks, it was more kind of the typical sound you get of Irish rap in a way. Exactly. And, the same boom bap drum thing. Yeah, do you know what I mean? And you were saying that obviously you did that to kind of make it easier for people to, because it's something that people are used to, so it was easier for them to listen. To and you were saying that you were trying to diversify from that. Yeah. Would you say you've done that with, um, with uh, Sounds and Noises now? <laughs> no, just the exact same thing. I, no, no. Oh, wait, wait, wait. What do you mean the same thing? No, I mean, as in, oh, no, like, in it, terms of the sound. A... Oh, do you want me to tell you just how this shit sounds? Oh, go on. Go for it. It's like... Fuck. I don't know how to describe it. It's like insanity. Because the whole thing is, it sounds and noises that I have consumed throughout the whole year. I've been here watching Bora. I've been here playing Star Wars, watching Spider-Man 2. So I'm of like, course. see all of that shit. Let's take that and turn it into something that is nobody else on the planet could have done with these things. You know, I got a punk mm. rock song that's there sampling Spider-Man 2. I got fucking... I got... I just have some old, like, soul flips on there. And I have fucking Max Headroom, which is, like, the most personal shit I've made. It's yeah, okay. Insane. But I think with it becoming more personal... And then due to the nature of how the year was, it's just a way more dark vibe. And it's definitely less hopeful. Even though, like me, I suppose, like, emotions-wise, I'm pretty much the same as I was in the bollocks. I just wanted to reflect what some of those lows feel like more yeah. in the music. Do you get me? Uh, and I, I didn't have a mic this time. I couldn't call anyone over to record. I couldn't go to studio, so I'm rapping oh, this. Oh, yeah. Okay, so did you have to get really good at like sound mixing and stuff then in that case? I mean, I'm only after becoming good at mixing in like last week. <laughs> no, I'm not shitting you, man. I've been mixing this one joint, Paper Mac 3, for like... Oh, I, I've, I've, you've mentioned that before. I, I feel like you've mentioned that, yeah. Yeah, I've been, I can't stop mixing that joint. Like, it's, it doesn't sound right. It still doesn't. I'm two weeks out for release and the shit's not even fucking done, man. Wow. But I'm being but, that, but that's what happens with, with a lot of musicians. Is you're really kind of pushing deadlines and stuff like that, aren't you? Yeah. yeah. Although I think um, part of it due to my own laziness as well. But at the same time, I'm not slacking. You know, of that course. way. It's because this is something. I spent a lot of time formulating the ideas in my head. I've been writing shit down. I've been like, okay, how can I execute this until I just, it's, it's all about executing the vision to the best of your ability. Cause you already know how you want it to sound. You just have to make it sound. And yeah, totally. Otherwise, yeah. And let me ask, what's your vision for sounds and noises? Where do you see it going? How, how do you see it getting bigger than the bollocks? Do you see it, you know, maybe reaching further corners than the last one did? I think it's going to be a slower burn. I think because I'm not putting out a video to promote it, I'm just dropping this project. Because it's a really cohesive... It's like, you know how the bollocks tells a story from beginning to end? To end, yes. It's the same shit, except it's... 
I don't even know. There's some shit I can't talk about yet, obviously, because you know we have. Of course, to you don't want you don't want to expose. But it's it really it has a clear narrative to it. It's it's got it's got these little segments on it. I've been calling them ringtones because they're just like little 15 second clips where I just made a beat or something. But okay, then on top yeah. of that, immediately after the ringtone, you're like, damn, I wish he could have developed that more. And then you're straight into a fucking three minute 50 second song. Well, of course, yeah. You know, you're going, we're going hard. And a lot of the songs are pretty long, even if the project isn't really that long. And um, how long, how long would we say it's really long for a song? Well, Max Headroom is like five minutes long. Okay. Uh, it's, uh, that, really that, long it's long for a song, I suppose. Yeah. Like, I mean, in a modern day, when you think about people are making shits for TikTok that are like two minutes long, but you need something that breaks Tell through. Tell me about it. You know? Yeah. And would you, how would you feel about one of your songs ever breaking through on TikTok? Like, what, if that ever happened? I say it'd annoy me because, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, there's lots of ways that I would love for my music to be, you know, to carry through yeah. uh, and resonate with people. Because I do want people to hear the shit. But with TikTok, you're not consuming the whole shit. Like, you yeah, know, it's literally like 30 someone. seconds of the song. Or... Exactly. And these, this is, it, this isn't about the songs. That's why I didn't mm. put out a single. You know, there is, there's, there's shit on this that people can just add to their playlist, you know? Of course, yeah. But it's made to be consumed as a whole. That's why I didn't overshoot it with the length either. Like, the bollocks was, making, yeah. This is like 26, 27, something like that. Which is which is doable, which is very doable. It's like an episode um, of One Division. We'll get on to One Division very soon. I'm leaving that till the end of the episode, just so we don't. I'm gonna leave that till the end of the episode. So I can tell anyone listening, yo, leave here because we're gonna talk about One Division. We're gonna get to that. We're gonna we're gonna get there. Um, a quick question: Um, is there any collabs on sounds and no- on sounds and noises? Right? Yeah. One collab. And Everything else I did completely myself. Actually, oh, okay. I technically, what happened was I wrote that song. I, I'm sure I'll tell you who the collab is. You know Morris? Oh, for real? Yeah. He's, he's a good vocalist. That's my guy, man. I, That's I my like guy. When he does his falsetto thing. Like when he goes, mm. you know? I love that shit. <laughs> yeah, it's not for everyone. <laughs> yeah, you know. and so would you say that's kind of been a friendship because obviously i know like we we were boys obviously i since i left you know everything that goes on in Navin goes right over my head I've, i have no idea so would you say that was a friendship that kind of continued after school or was it more of a rekindled in the name of music i mean I'm going to keep it real with you. Uh, me and Morris, like, didn't really keep in touch after school. Yeah, that's fair I enough. At, I saw him at a house party, right? And he was like, yo, I heard the shit. And, he, and I was like, I follow you on Instagram. I saw you singing. He was like, do you want to make a song? And I was like, yeah. And actually, that song, I tried to get fucking Dami. You know Dami Oiwole? Uh, yeah. Dami Sean V. And th- th- he said, yeah. And he never sent me the verse, so... That. Yeah, so it was one of those you just had to move on with it. Yeah, exactly. But I don't care because the song is fucking banging anyway. Oh really? Yeah. Can't wait for that to drop. Well, I still, I, still, 
I think he makes good music. You mm. know, he's not the best in oven, but he makes good music. Who, who, who's the who's the best in oven? Tell us right now who's the best artist in Navin right now. Tell us. I have absolutely no shame saying I'm the best artist in Navin. Of course, that's fucking go TCXL. I didn't fucking, I haven't been working at this shit for years only to keep quiet and say mum. Of course. I agree with that as well. And to be fair, from what I've listened to, you are the best artist in Navin. Exactly. Actually, no, but I'm going to give Morris some credit because I think he has yet to actually push, you know? No one's really, yeah. like... Because people are putting out songs and stuff like that, but no one's, like, in regards to the artistry, you know what I mean? Actually, I, that makes sense. with a vision and executing it, you know? I, uh, yeah, in that respect, you are definitely the best. Uh, other people, I've listened to some people's stuff, and, like, I don't want to name any names. I don't like this, anybody, but some... Some people have come out with this shit. I'm like, that's just a bit dusty. Like, oh yeah, absolutely. Do you know what I mean? But then as well, like some people, they they come out with like the one tune and it bangs, but it's like there's not a cohesive like thing going on here. Like it's a one and done, as they say in the UFC sometimes. Like it, you're not coming with a combo. It's just one hit, really good song. I was talking because it didn't do anything. Yeah, not even a hit, but a decent song. Yeah, and then after that. Don't hear it. Like, oh, I can't clown people too much because, like, some people are just in it because they're like, yo, I want to make a song. Yeah, of course. Yeah, totally. That's my, my bed is fucking messy as fuck. Ah, it is what it is. Mine's a fucking mess as well. Got my girlfriend's jacket on it. I literally sent her upstairs to go chill with my boys while I record this. So. <laughs> fuck off. I need to go talk to Tom. Do you know what I mean? Um, What was I saying before? Um, Yeah, so obviously, with a lot of one and done's, like, obviously, you can be a good artist, but I feel like to be the best in Navin in particular, it would be yourself because of the fact that you've come with songs, you've come with ideas, you've come with albums, a whole vision, and that's what sets you apart from the other local artists in my... So, we were saying before... Um, that was uh, high how... praise, bro. That was what? That was high praise. Thank you. That was very nice. Oh, of course. Yeah, totally, bro. Like, obviously, you got to back, you back your boys, aren't you? <laughs> my, uh, my fucking phone died no no it didn't die here's what happened right okay, I got go a on. notification five minutes prior saying uh, five minutes until downtime because I got the setting on my phone because I've been using my phone too much so ah, like yes. it locks me on my phone at eight o'clock and like three times a week I can override it like emergency you know what I mean that's really good actually Um, that's um it's good to get downtime, really, in, in life. I, I feel like that's something I should actually start to adopt because I feel like everyone now is just so fixated on screens. You know, um, even me, like... In the way of uh, your, the creative process, too, I noticed. Oh, I'm, I'm sure it does. That's, hey, that's probably why I can't write bars. <laughs> as much as you've asked me to get involved and, and whatnot, I've never had bars to write for you. So. Oh, stop, man. I, went to, I was like, Kennedy, just send me a verse, please. I just can't write. I, I probably could if I put everything away and just sat and just focused. I could probably do it. I'll turn you into Aubrey Graham too. I'll just write all your bars. <laughs> need a ghostwriter. That would actually be all right. Yeah. You know, I feel like I've got the I've got a voice, got a bit of a voice. You know, just... certified lover guy. <laughs> is, is that what it is? CLG. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> 
<laughs> to be fair, that's uh, music is. I love music. You know, I, I really love music. And you know, when we were younger, you know, I used to play the guitar. I was in the school choir for years, wasn't I? That was yeah. um, that was questionable, questionable times. Uh, <laughs> but um, yeah, I've always I've loved music. Just um, I feel like I just don't have that creativity about me, like yourself and other people who do make it. You know. Ah, uh, well, creativity manifests itself in different ways, man. Of course, yeah. Like, you could even just come on up with random ideas as to how to do something on a day-to-day, you know? Mm. That, that in itself is being creative, you know? And I feel like that's something a lot of people need to know about themselves. I feel like some people think they're not creative or they're not special, but I feel like everyone has a different way of being that creator or being that special person. They just, you know? they just need to learn how to channel it, man. That's the most... Like, you need to have your set of tools there. And of course. You, you need to be disciplined in what you're doing as well, you know? Yeah, discipline. Shit don't easy. Uh, that's something I've learned. I feel like there are a lot of things my dad used to tell me when I was younger that I used to just kind of dismiss as my dad being a pessimist and just trying to scare me about life and stuff. But you, as you, as I've gotten older, I've really come to realize, you know, he was right about a lot of things. And one of those things is just the whole, you've got to work hard for things in life, you know? Like, Real my dad shit. used to tell me that from young. And I've always just been a bit like, yeah, obviously you work to get somewhere, but like, don't need to like, do you know what I mean? I, I, I never really took it seriously. Um, another thing my dad used to tell me all the time, and it was a, it was a line in the Bob Marley song, Buffalo Soldier. And every time, because me and my dad, we used to pop to that song when I was really little, like, all the time. Me and my dad, we both knew all the words. We used to sing it together. And every time this line came, he always used to emphasize it to me. And it was a line, if you know your history, then you will know where you're coming from. And as a kid, I'm just like, yeah, don't, that history, yeah, I go to school. I, I know history. Like, well, go on. <laughs> Come on. Do you know what I mean? And like, well, I, I didn't take that seriously. Once your worldview gets bigger, and you're like, as we were talking about earlier, once your worldview gets bigger, you see, you were met, you recall these little tiny things and you're able to draw on them mm. like in in your decision making, you know? Yeah, definitely, yeah. I, but we still fuck up. Oh, know? yeah, I, that, but that's that's life, you know, and that's, as well, we're both still very young. I'm 20, you're 19, you know, like, we're, we're, we're still on the come up, bro. We're still on the come up. We, we got so many more mistakes to make. I was literally you know? meant to say that, man. <laughs> We we've been in sync since we were young, man. We've been in sync. Always, man. I don't know, man. It was like I don't know what put me like for you. I've always had a particular connection with you, and it's it's a different one that that than I've had to people like Mark and stuff like that. And it's purely because you weren't exactly within my friendship group. Yeah, but somehow you were still a close friend. Yeah, I don't Do you know. know what I mean. I kind of just floated around. I was trying to. Be you did, and to be honest, I kind of succeeded to a degree. Mm, I would say you did. I, I feel like a lot of people enjoyed your company. Well, not even enjoyed. Uh, some people probably found you annoying, but like for the most part, <laughs> <I don't... laughs> here no one don't has ever liked me and not found me annoying at the same mm. time. You know, right now I have I have press mode on right now. Oh man. I remember back. Oh, I don't. No, I'm not gonna get you cancelled. I don't. <laughs> hold on now. Hold on. Even saying that implies that so there is something cancelled, man. No, no, no. It's not even that. It's just because obviously, and you had a different kind of growing up to most other kids. 
Um, and one of the things that was different about you was your very, very close relationship with um I'm not I'm not gonna bait names, but like that Ghanaian family that lives on your street. Oh yeah and, yeah. and obviously you grew you pretty much grew up with them, didn't you? So coming to school, coming to a secondary school where there were so many more black people than you were used to, I feel there like was there was two, a level two, of two black people in my primary school class, man. And that was uh that was fucking William and um who's the William other one? In my class. Who the fuck who the fuck were they then? Bruno and Fowler. Oh my god, yeah. And Joe and Bruno went to your school, man. I'm bait names. I'm giving full names now, man. We have to say. Yeah, 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 yeah. Well, not even like first names are a minor thing. Like you know, we don't like it's not that deep. As long as we're not dropping first name and surname, like so people can go stalk in other people. Like you know what I mean? You just did that. Oh, did you? I didn't hear it, so it doesn't matter. I'll I'll, I'll go back over this and I'll I'll cut it out. But um, no um, obviously yeah. So you come into secondary school and there's so many more black people than you were used to, and I feel like that kind of growing up around an African family and you know you were very used to calling your your like any black like seniors to you you were you were already used to calling them auntie and uncle which as you know to my mom was so oppressive <laughs> my mother loves you till this day my mom loves you till this day due to the fact that you're like the only white kid that's ever called her auntie like <laughs> here's, here's the thing though this is so this is something that's i think is important to address as well mm. because when when i was growing up it was like even though i was ingrained in that i didn't kind of understand the further implications behind yeah. like you know so it's like even though i was just chilling but i didn't think that it it was such a thing like to try and integrate in a sense well integrate yeah. Word, but like, well, yeah, integrate is a perfect word, really, if you think about it in this situation. True, but like, I think, see, you got it, you understood it, but then it was other black people in the school who would have been like, uh, who is this white kid and how does he know what pounded jam is? Yeah, <laughs> do you know what I mean? Yeah. I feel like a lot of them man were pressed. And I feel like a lot of them saw it as, you know, the way all these cancel culture people would call it cultural appropriation and whatnot. I see it more as celebration of a different culture. Yeah, Personally, that's the way that's I look right. at it. But the, at the same time, I think as I grew older, I kind of realized that's how people are going to take it. People are yeah, going to, yeah, yeah, totally. this is a white kid coming in trying to disrespect, you know, their culture and shit mm. or try to reclaim or whatever, you know. I think it's just it's due to the nature of it, you know? It was just something mm. regular to me. I think it's just the way they always say, you know, racism is something that you're not born with, but rather something you're conditioned to. I yeah. feel like as well to just see something as racism where there's no racism to be made or seeing something as offensive where there's no offense to be made is more conditioning than it actually being offensive. So in your case, with you kind of the way I looked at it, uh, the way I looked at it as when we were younger was you just celebrating black culture, you being involved in black culture and absolutely loving it and wanting to be more part of it. That's the way I saw it. Yeah. And I feel like it, and I was a very naive kid back then. Like a lot of stuff that people used to talk about racism and whatnot, all this kind of stuff. I always used to kind of let it fly over my head and be like, nah, like racism's out there, but it's not like that bad. Like, you know what I mean? Like, I always chose not to see it. But yeah. even regardless of that, like I still understood. I feel like that naivety really helped me to understand where you were coming from. And my you know naivety, what I mean? 
made me think that it was it was like okay to like I wasn't mm. bombing around the place saying the n word and shit like yeah that. of course <laughs> yeah totally no <laughs> yeah it was more it was just uh, but I still think at the crux of it you know there there's something about it that's kind of it see it see it can seem very exploitative from mm. the outset whereas I was I was there doing head spins right in said the name family houses gap on in the kitchen <laughs> like all the aunties and uncles like this kid this one kid's fucking break dancing he's spinning on his head this is class. <laughs> like, oh my god black people love when i do this shit but no oh, it was, yeah. it's, <laughs> it's like and it's something that you feel like you don't you don't even want to say the wrong thing yeah of course yeah totally you know because we do live in a world now where every everything can just be taken to offense. You really have to be careful with everything you say. Well, I, I think I think there's there's true there is a personal responsibility that white people have to take on in regards to understanding why the limits are where they are. It's like this is what you mm. can't do. You know what I mean? And that's true. And you, like for example, you hear some white people come out and say stuff like, "I think it's inherently racist that white people are not allowed to say the n word." <laughs> you know what I mean, and I, yeah. and I feel like that really touches on the note of that. Like, you kind of have to educate people as to why. Okay, yeah, I understand why you might think that, and it, it, it to a degree, it makes sense what you're saying. However, if you look at the gravity of that word and the implica- implications of white people saying that in the past, do you know what I mean? And it's just something that I feel like we really need to educate people on, because like. With a lot of this Black Lives Matter stuff happening in the last year or so, and I've I have a lot of white friends over here in England, and surpri- weirdly enough, like as much as like from Ireland, we look at England as such a multicultural place. I knew so many, I know so many white people who I was their first black friend over here. Do you know what I mean? That's at crazy. Of Fifteen, sixteen, I'm their first black friend. To me, anyway. It, 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 to be fair, I was surprised also, like. I moved to England thinking, well, from the outside looking in, it seems so multicultural. Moved to school, I'm the only black fella in my year. That is insane. Yeah, crazy stuff. And it's one of those where a lot of those people really just are not educated on anything in relation to people of colour. Well, I feel, who who is meant to educate the white people? Because I feel like... but. Black people don't owe it to them, you know. They yeah. just—it's like they should be like, you should just know this shit. You, yeah, that's true. Have to tell you, but where where does that change come in? And I think it's gonna happen naturally because the multiculturalization of like Ireland and the UK is sort of going down a path where it's like Jersey Sing Street. Yeah, you know how they're like, there's a black fella lives in that apartment there. Oh uh, yeah 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 yeah, and. Uh, they, and he was like the only black dude who lived in, say, Dublin at that time, in the film or whatever. Whereas that has kind of just turned into a thing. Of, it's like you see black people every day. It's just normal. It's, it's regular. So it's got. I think it's going to naturally morph from that other, like, mm. perceived as. Until uh, it's just, kids, kids won't even question it. It's just going to be a part of their reality, you know? And saying that as well, it's funny. Um, a lot of people over here, when I say I'm Irish, everyone just kind of looks at me like, what? You're black. 
And there is. Nah, 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 nah. That, that can't run. I will never forget, I went to a club with a couple of my mates. And um, obviously, showing ID to the bouncer and whatnot. And he looks at my ID and looks at me, looks at my ID and looks at me again and goes, there's niggas in Ireland. Keep in mind, this, this bouncer was black, so he, he can say the N-word. Yeah, sure. But, like, it, <laughs> I, get it, I get it all the time where I feel like a lot of people are surprised by the fact that Ireland's quite a multicultural country. Maybe not all over the country. Like, I've got a friend from Kerry uh, who goes to my college, and she she says, like, she don't, you don't see a lot of black people back where, she, like, back where she's from, do you know what I mean? But then again, she lives on the farm, so say, say about what you will. There's another girl who lives in my accommodation. She's from Carlo. And, you know, she says not a whole lot of black people around where she's from as well. So, I mean, here, it, race aside, if you're about to uh, immigrate, what's the word, emigrate or immigrate? If you're leaving the country to emigrate. Yeah. Who the fuck is going to emigrate and go to fucking mm. Kerry and Carlo? <laughs> yeah. Who the fuck is going to go? <laughs> like, who gives a shit? <laughs> Oh, fella, you're not wrong. Because what actually is in Kerry and Carlo? Exactly. Oh. <laughs> but um, it's it's crazy, though. The, just the whole perception of Ireland just doesn't have black people. Or Ireland doesn't... Like, growing up, how many brown Muslim people did we know? To be fair. One. And that was that was um, Ashraf. Or even Ahmed as well. You know, I saw Ashraf, right? Like, completely randomly... In, in 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 the jacks in uh, the convention center in Dublin. Oh my god! I remember someone telling me about that. I saw. I just saw this dude who was like about that height, lovely hair, peeing, and I was like, "Oh my god, that's Ashra!" <laughs> I just spooked. Someone was calling him while he was trying to take a piss. Oh, that's a, what in the bathroom was it? <laughs> I walked in and I like I looked and I was like. Ashraf! <laughs> he turned around. The fella's just trying to take a piss out. Who the fuck? Oh, stop. That kid before he moved to Mullingar was a legend in that. I won't even lie. People, people just... Oh. He was cool. I accidentally shot his brother one time. With oh, Khalid. I remember that. Yeah. Khalid. Was it Khalid or was it Mohammed? No, but you have to give him away the whole family tree there, bro. Yeah. <laughs> They were an interesting family, but like they were, they were was, dead on anyway. Yeah, they were they were sound. That's the nicest smelling house I've ever been in. Mm, I've never I've never actually been to their house. Really? Yeah, no, I had Asha from mine all the time, but I never got invited to his now that I think of it. Yes. Bit of a sticky one there. But um it, it's weird, like that Ashraf and Ahmed, they were like my only exposure to Muslim people, like growing up before moving to England, you know. Um, yeah. And the thing about oh, them yeah. as well was Muslim that, in England, yeah, yeah, exactly, yeah. And the thing about them as well was that they weren't even from like Pakistan or India, and they like everyone used to use the P word, which I now no longer say, but like people used to use that to describe them, like just that, like that skin tone and they weren't even from Pakistan they were from Sudan do you know what I mean and I feel like growing up in Ireland back then when there is no one of a certain race the a term that is offensive to them it it's just like the normal term used it's not like offensive to us if that makes sense yeah so for example the p word we used to just say that to describe that that racial like skin tone do you know what I mean like it was never at least for me it was never a racist thing it was just the term that we knew again it's the lack of an education. It's how you hear you other go. referring. And 
it's 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 just what sticks. So, so I think there's there is this perceived notion that Ireland, well, it's not the perceived notion, but it's almost like this lie that people tell themselves, like that Ireland isn't racist. Mm, you know what yeah. I mean? And, like, there's no. I think sure there are more racist countries, like, but on on the whole, even though we're very progressive, there's still like a pretty large subset of people who are. Oh yeah, totally. Big. I'm fucking just dumb. And that was another thing as well for me. Um, I I was one of those people that was like, yeah, Ireland, Ireland's not Ireland. like I when I moved over here and I talked to other black people and they were like, you're from Ireland. I swear, Ireland's meant to be racist. I'm like, nah, Ireland's not racist. I I, I don't know. I feel like any racist kind of situation, I kind of brushed aside in a way. And so on like, top of that, you're, 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 as you get older, your definition of racism broadens. Like Exactly, yeah. You kind of start to pick up on things. Like someone someone meant what they said there just a little bit too hard. You mm. know what I mean? Someone's, Definitely. Someone's asking you this question for a reason. You mm. know what I mean? But like for me, uh, the only like, time I felt like I've properly been racially like sub, uh, subjected to racism is after moving to England, was in England by English people. I'll well, be honest. Like, That's great. Moving to a new school where I was the only white fella in the year. I mean, the only black fella. Yeah, only white fella. Uh, yeah, but being the only black fella in the year, like, I definitely experienced um, not even, like, direct racism. Like, someone just turned around and being like, yeah, you're you're an N-word. Oh, you're a coon. Like, stuff like that. No, it was more like, I remember I was in a science class. And um, so obviously, because I only moved after after junior set in Ireland, but they put me into year 11 instead of putting me into year 12, which is probably what I should have gone into. And uh, so I had two years worth of work to catch up on for GCSEs. Yeah. And uh, so I'm sat in the back of a room. I'm in, in, not even in the back. I'm sat in the front and I'm doing some catch up like uh, coursework and stuff like that for science. And uh, just a group of fellas in the back of the class just there just shouting at me like oh Lukaku Benteke like just naming as many black footballers as they can do you know what I mean and yeah it's one of those things where like if I tell this to anyone because everyone else is white if I say this to anyone they're going to be like just naming footballers like I don't really see the, the issue exactly that's it do you know what I mean yeah it's like it's like someone there it's like just randomly just calling a black person another black person yeah but it was like and even like if it's on the football pitch like fair enough like that's happened on a football pitch like you you compare me to a black footballer like i'm not gonna get offended by that at all like do you know what i mean shit black footballer yeah (laughs) exactly why why am i trying to do science you're calling me akin fenwa do i even look anything like the guy (laughs) why are you calling me emil heskey am i a ksi meme Bro, I'm not down with this football shit. Like, I don't, I don't know who these people are. I don't uh, you have to know who Heskey is. If you know KSI, you have to know Heskey. I, I, I only know who KSI is because, like, I didn't. I wasn't. A, I have to. I have to confess. I wasn't a heavy KSI viewer back mm. in the day because he was opening FIFA packs. Like, what? I understand. I understand. Like, where the I was more of a deji kind of guy. I like mm. liked when he was pranking the parents and shit. Oh yeah, to be fair, fair enough, yeah. <laughs> but um regardless, yeah, but like they just used to just shout like black footballers at me all the time. 
And like, it, it, it just got to a point. Like, I, I remember like, I turned around, I was like, do, do you want to come and say it to my fucking face? That's and in, in that situation, the teacher then turns around and, tell, and says, Kendi, will you sit back in your seat? Settle down, yeah. As if, you know, there wasn't a group of lads shouting the whole way through your fucking lesson. That's it. That's that's where it's that's where you see people's true colours as well. Of course, yeah, totally. It was a few times in school. It was even a few situations with William where it was like he was he was reporting shit and he was like, "Listen, I I don't like how these how I'm being treated by this say this teacher or this student," and it'd be brushed aside mm. as a matter of. Uh, I remember, um, and I don't even care. I'm going to bait names. Like when it comes to shit like this, I, I don't really care about baiting names. Yeah, yeah. But um, we were uh, doing basketball trials, and um, I remember, I don't remember who it was that stole the ball off him, but um, Adam O'Mara had the ball, and someone obviously steals the ball, which you do in basketball. And he just goes under his breath, fucking nigger. Yeet. And I will never, like, you know, you know me, I didn't even get on with most of the black lads back in school. Like, me and them, like, I was maybe friends with a handful of them, but, like, for the group as a whole, I wasn't really boys with them, man. But as soon as that happened, it was, it, 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 it was, it was weird. It was like, you come together in that situation because in, in a position like that, that's when you know who your people are in a way. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Actually, back in going to stand there and keep quiet. Yeah, exactly. How, how can I, when seeing something like that, how can I just stand and be quiet? Because that's not, although, yeah, it was directed at one person. That's an insult to all of us. Do you know what I mean? And I remember, like, everyone's like, what you say? What you say? Getting in his face. And then I remember Master Doyle being like, oh, he didn't say anything. He didn't say anything. Like, you lanky-ass guy. Like, you were right there. Do you know what I mean? Like, And I feel like there's a, there's a, a certain thing to be said for teachers as well, having to kind of step up and kind of battle these kind of things for what they are and i'm not trying to say that maybe the teacher in that situation was also racist and that's why i let him away but i feel like there's a certain kind of oh i don't want to get involved because it's such a touchy subject so in touchy, a way. yeah You're afraid to fucking say and do you know what i mean hey it was some teachers in there that were actually good with shit like that oh yeah definitely like you we know, had some like really good teachers but... and i think that's the reason why the first principal got booted out though <laughs> yeah tell you one time you know how uh what's his name aiden had like he had the, the surgery on his head so yeah if like he we weren't even allowed to wear school bags in the corridor because we could whack into him yeah and i remember he got smacked one day bad smack and he had to go home and i was i was the only one with him and i got pulled into the principal's office and the first thing the principal asked is was it a colored kid was it a colored child for real that's what she said to me man Oh, for real? Words. So I literally, I think that the reason she got yanked out of school was just because maybe she was making racist statements to the staff as well. Because I remember it was staff that reported it, and that's why she got staff that were like, he has to go. Yeah. Mm. And especially when you have so many black students. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. With so many black students, you can't have someone like that in charge, man. Yeah. And there were a lot of rules that were put in place that you're kind of like, that's kind of against the black kids. Like, the yeah, whole like rule the of, like, the, the, the hair rule? That. Oh, my God. That you can't crazy. tell me that rule was not directed at the black boys. Yeah, because they, they got rid of that as soon as she was gone. Yeah, exactly, yeah. It was a stupid fucking rule. It was absolutely ridiculous. Because I remember it was, a lot of, it was a lot of boys who I would have known before we even went into secondary schools who would have mm. had to... And then, and uh, I think... 
a lot of black parents came together and actually wrote to the school and were like, yes, this. I remember that. Yeah. Yeah. Because it was one of those things, like, especially like young black kids, like when you're like 12, 13, so like kind of going in, just start in secondary school, like going into first year. A lot of black kids, their parents are still skin in their heads. Let's be real. Niggas were still coming in with that skin head, you know, oh, exactly. the back of the head kind of thing, you know what I mean? But like for black parents, it was never, for them, it's seen as like a, a, a more responsible kind of hairstyle like something you know that's what you send your child to school and it looks responsible do you know what i mean and to be fair i loved the rule because it gave me an excuse to grow out my hair yeah but um it was one of those things where it's like black people what black person do you know that doesn't get a fade <laughs> facts do you know what i mean because your hair would just be looking nappy and you know what i mean and you kind of take that away from from the black people and when they try and be like let's say someone's got to go to a wedding right and they want to look good they now come into school suspended fucked up man and she like, was really just out suspending people fam realistically i don't think i knew any white kids who had a skinhead at any point before mm. you were a leader so you can tell that that's like that was just 100% targeted. Oh, yeah, it was totally targeted at the black kids. And as well, like, I'll never forget when um, David um, his like, got, had his hair cut just like, a couple of weeks before the school musical. Yeah. And, I, uh, I, I was meant to be, I had a scene with him. That was my only scene was with him. And can they, you imagine? They, she was literally, she did not want him up there so much that she got someone up on the stage with me, who had to learn the lines like two hours before we went down to the show, right? And she started crying. Yeah, I'll never forget that. That was horrible, man. That was that completely was awkward. I, it felt like that scene, and you know, in Spider Man 2, when Mary Jane spots Peter in the crowd and, and she's talking to your man, and he has to finish his her line for her. But yeah, like, I wasn't a fucking skilled actor. I didn't know how to do that shit. So I just stood there in silence waiting for her to speak, even though she yeah. wasn't going to speak. And then the scene just ended. They pulled the curtains off. Oh, my God. Uh, it was horrible, man. I, I'll never forget. Like, I, I would never forget. There was one time I was with him. And it wasn't just, like, and this is to say, it's not just against the black kids. It was anyone who wasn't Irish. So, like... Like, when I say not Irish, I mean, like, not just, like, born in Ireland, but, like, your family's not Irish and, and whatnot. Because, obviously, my family's Nigerian and whatnot. And um, I remember me and Timmy just messing, walking home from school or whatever. And uh, there was a couple other people there, like Katie, Mike, all them people. And uh, one of the teachers seen me holding a bottle of water over Timmy's head. Now, I wasn't going to spill that water on him. I was just demonstrating what Keith had done in the morning in Super Value. Right, <laughs> but um, she was like, "Oh, what are you doing, messing in your school uniform, giving the school a bad name?" So she's like, um, "I'm gonna tell the principal he's been called in the morning." I was just like, "Oh, fuck's sake, whatever." Right, get called into the office in the morning, and it was only me and Timmy. She goes, "I want you to give me all the names of all the people that were there. I want to round them all up." So I, I named names. I, I I don't even know if you were there. I don't even remember if I if I mentioned you. Oh, I bro, mentioned KE. Like, I'm start, I, like, maybe it's just buried in my head. Like, I don't mm. remember. But it sounds like I remember it happening. You get me? Because it was people that used to walk an hour route home from school, didn't it? Yeah, so we used like, to It was me, KE, yeah. Mark, all those people. And then the last name I got to was Michael. 
And she just goes, Michael Benea, why am I not surprised? As, as in, we know, he was, at the, this is in, like, second year, like, the whole time, he was a good kid, probably got student of the month a couple of times, if that's, was that a thing we did? I can't remember. But, like, you, you know, he used to get commendations, like, he was a good kid all round. Never done a single bad thing in school, not, not a single detention. Why are you talking about why am I not surprised? Because he's Romanian. Oh, you know God. what I mean? So I was, I was proper like, I turned around and I was like, what do you mean by that? And she goes, are you talking back to me? I was like, no. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm just, I'm just saying, like, I, I don't know. Like she presented herself. Why are you calling my guy out? You know what I mean? Oh, yeah. I'm like, the thing is, man, that's like, that's not even every single race-related incident that happened in that school. Like, there's so... It wasn't. There is so much more shit that happened, but I, I have to tell you, after she left the place, it genuinely did take it. It just it took a spike for the better. Oh yeah, one hundred percent. Everything turned around, and even though I only got to see that for a couple months, I only got a couple months of it because obviously I moved to summer after that. But yeah. it it was Dang, it was different, I, and I remember I was one of the last people to see her. Because remember, um, um, BT Young Scientist, um, me, Sean, and Josh, obviously the first day of it we we spoke to her and she was she was so proud of us and she was actually really nice to me that day she was she was so lovely and um to be fair she was even nice to me in like second year you know when we all went to italy and stuff like that me mark and josh and she was i think that kind of time like me and her we actually got on all right do you know what i mean but um saying i remember we seen her like the first day at btm scientist she came down to the rds and everything to come see us on our project and whatnot never saw her again we come back to school after about three or four days of being absent because yeah. we were in Dublin. And uh, everyone's like, yeah, she's not, we don't know where she's at. That's crazy. It's mad. It's so mad how that happened because the teachers kept us in the dark. They didn't tell us anything about that. Oh, yeah. The but teachers that had sick perfect leave. opportunity to educate some of the white kids on the complete nature of what had happened. Because I mm. think there was a sense of unbelievable naivety amongst the South. Oh, like, course, on top yeah. of that, when, even when I heard her say that, I don't think in my head, I thought it was just a gen- she was trying to narrow down who it was. You know, I wasn't like, yeah, 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 being yeah. Profiling. But in hindsight, like, it's fucked up. And like, because even if you said, yeah, it was a color kid, what was she going to round up all the niggers? <laughs> uh, <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Like, what, what was she planning on doing after that? Exactly. It, it was it was a fucked up situation. Racism in general. That. Yeah, of course. Yeah, like obviously, I felt bad a little bit because, like, I feel like a lot of us knew where she lived. And and to be fair, fair play, like no one did anything in terms of like egg in her house or and like that. And you know, she had daughters who were maybe a bit older than us, but they were in secondary school as well. Daughters was fine as fuck. Oh, was she? Yeah, I remember that. Oh, was she, like, she was, she, like I, was, I remember I was 13, she was, like, 19. Oh, okay, yeah, that makes sense. So I was just yeah. a... But it's just one of those, you know, at least no one went on and abused. I'll, I'll never forget the day the um, the article came out about what really happened in the newspaper. I'll never, I was at Tim's you know, house that day, I remember it. Collective minds fucking completely apart, man. Oh, like, yeah. Oh my god, the teachers all rose up. And even when we tried to bring it up in school, we weren't they didn't explain that to us. Yeah, they didn't want to talk about it, did they? 
So yeah. Actually, say. you know what? I might write to the principal and figure out. You, you know, must have care. Bro, you keep saying these names. People are going to dox the fuck out of us. I don't give a fuck. What's well, what's my own? When I'm on We're here, not... I've got to be presenting myself with some, some level of artistic integrity, though. Okay, okay, my bad. Okay, sorry. Um, yes, the principal. Um. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the principal. Oh. <laughs> Don't worry, half the people watching this won't even know the meaning of master idiot. So be grand. To be fair, that will be very interesting to get feedback on, you know. Um, kind of the accent and that's kind of one of the reasons I wanted you to be my first guest as well it's just because um you know I kind of obviously a lot of people everyone here knows I'm Irish you know I, I make it very clear to everyone yeah I'm Irish Nigerian and I'm very proud of my Nigerian heritage not not to say that I'm not but I'm born and raised in Ireland but Ireland is what I know do you know what I mean of course. I make that very clear because I feel like there are some black people who are like oh yeah he says he's Irish he's not proud of it. Like, I'm proud of my Nigerian heritage and I love Nigeria and I can't wait to go back when I get the next opportunity I'll be I've not been into Nigeria in over 10 years I want to go back I want to see what's going on do you know what I mean like there's a, so much love for Nigeria but at the end of the day Ireland is what I know so like like if you you could drop me in the middle of Dublin I can find myself my, my way around you can drop me like in fucking trim and I'll find my way around do you know what I mean put me in Lagos I don't know where I'm going <laughs> But do you know do you know what I mean though? Like Ireland is what I know. That happens to you, man. This is something that I've noticed, right? Mm-hmm. Whenever you come home, if you're talking about Ireland, you have an English accent, right? Really? If you're talking about England, you have the most Irish accent ever. But when you're talking about Nigeria, it's it's you're just you're delving straight into the accent. Like it's just yeah, There's I no think what surprise. it is, and um, I've kind of noticed this about myself, it's like words that I've learned from that accent, if that makes sense. So, like, I've never heard enough English or Irish people talk about anything in Nigeria. So when I'm talking about places like Lagos or Abuja, like, yeah, that's coming from the accent I've heard it yeah. from. Do you know what I mean? Or, like, for example, Bolton in England. Like, I've, how many times in my life before moving to England would I have ever had to say Bolton? But if I did, I would have said Bolton or something like that. But like, you know, because I've mostly heard it from Boltonian people, it's Bolton. Boltonian people. Yeah. That's, that's what they call. But, <laughs> but that, that's like, do you know what I mean? And then obviously there are so many things as well about like Ireland. Like, I feel like a lot of people, when they speak to me, it's like, oh, I can't really hear your Irish accent. And then as soon as I say like Ireland or Irish, like just the just a single word, they're like, oh yeah, there it is. Can hear it. Well, I don't see, even know pro- if they can. They probably have this this misconception as to what an Irish accent's actually like. Exactly. I've I've explained that a lot to people. I've explained. Look, we don't all sound like leprechauns. Right. <laughs> um, I feel like in Navin as well, there are a lot of people who do have somewhat of an American twang to their accents. Yeah. In Navin, oh, in particular. Yeah. No, I noticed that, especially from a young age. It's the, it's the soft oars. Yeah, totally. And I feel like when I'm, I remember when I moved here at first and uh, just before moving, I was talking to Mark and he was like, bro, when you move to England, you just have to tell everyone you're from America because you can put, you can pull that off, bro. I was like, oh, we'll see, we'll see what happens. He could have pulled and, that um, shit 
That man has the most American accent ever. He marked on me. Oh, why am I? Why am I dropping? Why am I dropping full names? They're gonna follow your next man. <laughs> um, no, I'll, I'll obviously bleep out a surname, but um, yeah, no, man, what you gotta do is you have to bleep all the names. You gotta, you gotta have the names there, but you gotta have it so that we can, so that the context is there, so we're not just cutting in and out. You get me? Yeah, of course. Yeah, yeah. I'll like bleep them out. Yeah. Yeah. But um, thing, uh, yeah. So he does sound awfully American, especially for a guy that's half English. Which is yeah. funny, you know. He was his mom was my only exposure to British people before I moved over. So oh, I always, yeah. His mom was like the only British person I think I knew. I didn't cop she was English until like six years after I had known her. Oh, <laughs> well. Then again, you've known you've known Mac from like young because you guys went primary school together, innit? I oh, obviously true, only yeah. met. I only met him in secondary school, so I was old enough to kind of distinguish in accent, if <laughs> you know what I mean. But yeah. um, before I moved over, I thought everyone in England either had her accent or Roadman accent or a Scouse. I was, oh, I tell you now, when I first moved to Bolton, everyone's accent was so, <clears throat> that like, I actually questioned if I could speak English. Because I'm in the home of English people. They're definitely speaking the language, but am I? Are they all, like, eloquent and shit? Are they all fancy? At all. They sound dusty. People from Bolton, dustiest accents. I'm telling you now. It's not even, like, chavy, but it's, like... And to be fair, and there's nothing wrong with it, but, like, very working class in terms of English accents. I get you, yeah. Do you know what I mean? Like, shit, you can tell it, nobody this time. Where does that leave us? Um, to be fair, I've been told by a couple of people that I sound posh. Seriously? For for people in Bolton, anyways, I sound posh, apparently. Man, I think your problem is you just consumed way too much Disney Channel as a kid. <laughs> and, and Nickelodeon, don't forget about that. <laughs> yeah. Totally, though. You're not wrong. Um, I, I guess that's just, the way, that's just the way I grew up, and... Um, That's it, man. It's just one of those. You just pick up what you pick up and you just move on with life. And at the end of the day, like, uh, people love my, like, you know, when I used to go out, like, back when I was single, you know, girls would be like, oh my God, listen to this guy's accent. Like, they'd, they'd be going crazy for it. But that's not me at the end of the day. Do you know what I mean? That was the like, most brag I've ever done. You're, oh my God, man. That I kid you not, my friend, uh, my friend Reese hates it. He always says like I come out with the most humble brags. Like I'll be saying something so humble, and I won't even realize I'm bragging at the same time. What's this podcast called again? The Unwarranted Confidence Podcast. (laughs) Exactly, bro. (laughs) You can see, you can see why I came up with the name. But it makes sense. That's just me, man. I feel like I've I've always kind of had this level of confidence about me that is totally unwarranted. Why am I? What are we saying? Like, why am I this confident? Like, I don't have a reason. I just am. You know? In some people's nature, I think what I had to do is I had to lose it before I could regain some sort of semblance back. You know? Because. But to be fair, like, Go on. I, I had to unlearn a lot of shit. Mm. Even in regards to 
just whining, like just talking too much, just saying like people would be having a conversation about something completely different and I'd start talking about like Minecraft or something. Now I'm talking this is years ago. But what what that did, I once I was in more surroundings with people who were actually like progressing mentally. They were like, yeah. oh, oh, this is how we have to do things. We they're learning more about the world. And I was like, uh, okay, so in a real world, I can't just go around doing headspins everywhere. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, it's so, not great for the cranium. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, exactly, not good for me either. But uh, um, what I, I kind of retreated into myself a bit. Mm. But I think that actually led to me being more comfortable spending time on my own as well. Yeah, but, of course, and. But, it, and then I think once once I hit like the last year of school, it's like I had an uptick. I, I had just mm. a, I slowly just regained it, and I don't know if that's a good thing for people on the whole, because <laughs> I think maybe it's just one of those things where it's like you know you're coming to the end of your time as a student, like well not even as a student because obviously you went on to college afterwards, but like in terms of like like permanent and like being a child almost it's like you're coming to the end of being a child in a way and i feel like they're in when you're in the same building that you were like when you're 18 and you're in the same building you were in when you were just turning 13 you kind of relive some of your moments to kind of like it, you know it's like a that last year of your life is almost like a movie montage of all the years you've had in you're a like, way last time i'm going to be spending with all these people so where Do you know what i mean as possible yeah and you it's a weird one because you look at it as, as well like all the people who've come and gone in the, it's um it's really a weird one you know like obviously me being one of the people that left halfway through but even somehow i ended up in the yearbook crazy stuff thanks guys um but um it's no it's crazy to just look at like there were people who were in my year that obviously after, who came after I'd left and I never knew they even existed. And then people who left before I left and came in and it, it's crazy. And it, it's been a crazy journey with, with that school. And um, obviously it's not got the best reputation in Navin, obviously with it being such a new school, you know, it's like, how old is the school now? Like maybe eight years old now, Jace. It's like, oh, it feels like it's been almost eight years since we started secondary school. Uh, oh my! Fuck. It'll be eight years in September. Jesus Christ, man! What? Hardly. Yeah. Oh my God. That's so oh, weird. That's crazy. It's weird. I We're... mean, I think that one of the weirdest things about having this reflection is right. Looking back. I am still, like, not mentally, like, obviously everyone's, like, evolved. Mm. I, I'm nearly two years older now. But when COVID happened, it's the complete lack of new experiences led to us, like, revisiting the older ones. Yeah. Thinking more about things that happened in the past and how they impacted us, you know? And of course, yeah, totally. And you really do dig into your own past in a way, you know? And it's uh, to be honest, it's way easier to do now because we grew up with phones. We fucking took videos of the whole shit. It's not that. Totally, man. I've got so many just crazy videos from when we were younger. 
Like, well, we are the first generation that really got to experience that. Like, school started. Mm. The iPhone was like, it was when, on the When we started secondary school, it was maybe like iPhone 5. Oh, my. You're scaring me, bro. <laughs> but it's crazy to think, though, because like, our parents, even not even our parents, like, you look at like people who are like 25 now. They, what's their earliest memories that they have saved on the phone? Something from when they're like maybe 15, 16. I have yeah. pictures from when I was like nine or 10 in my Google photos. Yeah. And you it's, know what it, I mean? The generational gap is something that is grown wider and wider. Oh, yeah. All like, like the, it's, it's so confusing because everyone is either is being exposed to their own, like, wave of personalized content that's made for yeah. them, you know? Oh, 100%, yeah. Like, I think that's a beautiful thing as well, though. Like, I feel like we are in a world where we can find stuff that's more suited to us and live a life that's more suited to us, at least online, anyways. Yeah. Well, well it's, we're getting overexposed. Like... We're, there's way too much pointless information going into our head. Like mm. meme, memes are great because it's it's like it's shit. It's like a joke that mm. loads people get collectively, you know. And that's important. But then you're but, reading these tweets. People people talk shit on the internet all the time. Oh yeah. Oh totally. And I I I need to explain actually. My Twitter account is fucking horrible. Now. Oh, I love it. Oh, I, I love it. I just tweet absolute nonsense. Nonsense. Forgotten. Bullshit. <laughs> but the, re- the reason why I have, haven't chose, chosen to delete it yet is because I feel like that in itself is a marker of what was happening to me. Yes, of course. This pandemic. Like, if anyone wants to see how I've been doing, they're probably going to have to read the whole shit to get the full context of it. And they still yeah, probably don't get it. <laughs> well, to me, I'm able to keep track of it. I was like, this is where my head was at. You know? Yeah. And is, is it a good thing to have that out for absolutely everyone to see? Probably not just on account of in a few years, you're just going to be embarrassed. Like, yeah. n- not even if there's anything malicious on it, but I could say some shit like, stuck my dick in the PS2. And people pull that up and they'd be like, ha ha ha. Yeah, of course. All right. Well, so, is there is there really a sense of permanence to the whole thing? How how long do you reckon we can keep going with this overexposure of internet? Shit? I think it can. I think it's sustainable for now. Um, I feel like it's more to do with parenting. I feel like in terms of um, how much you let your children overexpose themselves to digital media, like. There are like there was a family friend and like you know they they've got a, a young daughter now who's maybe like eight seven like nine like she, you know young enough but like when she was like two she was able to take her mom's phone and call my mom my mom would pick up the phone thinking it's a friend she'd say hello and it, it, all you hear on the phone is hello auntie like it was one of those kind of things like how's this two three year old already knowing how how to operate phone do you know what I mean but there's a level of like we compared to our parents we are so good with technology imagine those kids when they're older how good they'll be with tech and i feel like 
although yes, it does affect one's learning if not implemented correctly. However, this can actually really help us go forward as, as a people and really increase the knowledge that we have and our understanding of technology. Well, I don't know if it's the weed, but I've been, I've been finding it like hard to use new technologies in a sense, like not like finding it hard. It just takes me a bit to wrap my head around it. You yeah, know? of course. Yeah, totally. Because uh, it's just, Things are still rapidly advancing, maybe not at the same speed as they were. Oh, maybe, yeah. Maybe we are in a bit of a stasis because they can't exactly get people together to work on things, you know? We've definitely plateaued in the last couple of years from, I feel like, the period between 2005-2015, that 10-year period, tech just skyrocketed. Like, it was innovation after innovation after innovation. I feel like now we're kind of in a, in a steady stream of, like, slight improvements, but not crazy improvements on what we already have yeah it's go on you you were gonna say it's what no i don't i don't know uh, i just like talking you know no no i hear that i hear that all right so now that we're done that conversation um everyone who's watching on youtube or listening on spotify apple music whatever it is how am i still what bro how are, how are they still listening to this shit? Oh, bro, it's interesting. I think this is some crazy stuff, man. You I, know, I, 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 I love... It's a really interesting choice to get me as your first guest because it's like, to people who are... Not only will they get to learn more about me for whatever reason, I know people go and listen to this and listen to my new shit, mm. but they're also... The fact that you have someone who you have a shared history with... And exactly. You're the people who are seeing this for the first time are learning more about you, you know? That's exactly why I chose you. Because not only are you an interesting character and you have stuff going on, but I feel like for a first episode of a podcast, I feel like the audience have to get to know myself, the host. And I just feel like talking to someone like you, who we have so much, I have so much history with, we have so many shared experiences with, with each other. You know, I feel like you were just the perfect first guest to get just because, you know, like, it can give not just people the understanding of yourself and your music and what you're doing with your life right now, but as well, just my history with you and my opinions on the stuff that you're doing as well. That's dope. And, thank and you that's for why, of cool. course, yeah, totally. I'm so well, happy well. to have you on the show, man. Like, I, I, and you, you've always been one of my best friends, like, right from young. And like, you're one of them people like you, you know, when you, you imagine in your brain that, like, oh, I'm going to be famous one day. And you're like, who are the people I'm not going to forget? Like, you're definitely one of them, man. For real. <laughs> you, you've, nah, you've always been a real one right from day. I have to, I'll give you that one, bro. For Thank real. Thank you, man. Hopefully, hopefully this is a time capsule. Oh, yo, totally though. Like, this stuff will go up this and... five years and be like, what the fuck? Like, imagine when we have kids and they're able to watch this stuff and just think like, rah, this is what my dad was on. Mad. <laughs> you're there, you're there after uh, you're there telling them about uh, your fucking experiences coming to the UK. Yeah, it like that. They're learning. They're learning about their pops, man, and that's what that's what you want. That's but right, it. so leave that conversation there. Everyone who's watching, if you don't want one division spoilers, just start dispersing yourself now. Right. So, quick little interlude. We never did, well, we spoke a little bit about WandaVision, but because I've been lazy, I've not uploaded this video for many weeks. WandaVision is way over, so 
Honestly, stick around. And if it's still spoilers for One Division, that's really on you for not watching it. I think it's definitely. I feel like the show at this point is kind of trying to mislead people, but at the same time, uh, I am interested in what happens, even if it's kind of lost its mystery. Mm. So, who do you think is behind the quote-unquote Maximoff anom- anomaly? Who's I fucking hope. I heard people saying it's Mephisto. I fucking hope it's I Mephisto. Don't, I don't think it's Mephisto. I, and maybe it's just me being like, oh, everyone says it's Mephisto, so I'm going to be like, it's not. But I just feel like if it was so easy for everyone to figure out, I don't think it's right. I think I, Marvel's much smarter than that to let us... Like, do you know what I mean? I, I think the reason why I wanted to be Mephisto so much is because I fuck with Ghost Rider. Of course, yeah. Oh, yeah, totally. I was I was only freestyling in my hair, head earlier, and I came up with this bar. I was like, Nicholas Cage, Roy, then I ghost. <laughs> Where's the Captain America? I got that reference. <laughs> I understood that reference. Ghost Rider's fucking fire. Oh uh, yeah. Uh, have you ever watched um Ghost? Have you ever watched um Agents of Shield? No, I, I watched. Like, there the was first a whole episode. season with Ghost Rider. A whole season. Yeah, I think it was season four, season five. Hold Ghost on. Rider. Uh, what are you telling me right now? I'm telling you that Ghost Rider was on Agents of Shield for a whole Ghost, season. Ghost Rider is in the MCU. Yes. Already. Yes. What? For years. Why isn't he in the films? Why isn't he in Endgame? It was it was busy with I don't actually I can't remember how he left Agents of Shield. Um, I'm pretty sure I don't want to drop like big Agents of Shield spoilers, but I'm pretty sure um, Robbie Ray as it was. It was Robbie Ray's. Um, oh, so it wasn't Johnny Blaze. No, it wasn't Johnny Blaze. It was Ro- it was um, Robbie Ray's Ghost Rider. To be fair, Robbie Ray's Johnny Blaze. It what 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 are you, you getting to here? <laughs> but um, yeah, no, you should definitely watch that season of um, Agents of Shield, though. Totally. Just that Ghost. season, or should I watch the whole show? Yeah, the whole show is unreal. I I finished it like from the start to the finish. I, I when I got into it, it was just finishing season three, I think. So I after that I just kept going for the next four seasons and just continued watching it. It was really good. Excuse screaming in the background. Uh, my flatmate's attacking my girlfriend. It is what it is. Um. <laughs> what it is. Uh, there has to be something. I feel like we're gonna have to do another episode, man, because at some point, because there's so much. There's so much more. Like some, I had some stuff in my notes for us to talk about. And we've not even gotten into it yet. Shit. I feel like it'll be good to get you on at some point, obviously, after... Um, COVID, get me actually in. Because oh. I have to Get say, you in the studio. Even though... And I'll have to get you in the studio, the other kind of the studio. Yo, that's a shot. I haven't even been in a studio myself. Yo, I, I know some people that can get a studio... Well, well, to be fair, I've got a mate and he was like, yo, if you ever want to make music, I, I can get you studio time. But, like... Man. You know, I have to come over there because I'm, I'm due to meet up with React and... Uh, of course. And yeah. I'll have to cook up with them as well. We're going to just rent out fucking pirate somewhere. Go ahead, pirate. Turn up. Make some shit. Hmm. 
Partners I'll Studios. Fuck with that. I'll fuck with that. But yo, this is coming up to an hour and a half of the show, so I'm gonna have to cut it here. So, uh, Thomas, thank you so much for coming on the show. I'm sure everyone's absolutely love listening to you and your crazy brain go off. Man, I didn't even go off. I, you didn't I, go off till that. You could, you could, you could be. Like you caught me. I had to get a little. Uh, you know, I had to roll a little sum up before we began. Of course, yo, I, I totally considered doing that myself, but I was just like, let me allow the first episode to be very tame. We'll do it uh, next I'll, I'll talk time. too much. We create Joe Rogan, Elon Musk, fucking... Oh my God, we got to. Uh, but, okay. um... Fuck, I'll pass the hook's finger over to you. Boom. And also, guys, thank you for watching. Thank you for listening. Um, it's been great to drop my first episode of a podcast. Thank you so much for all the love. And I will see you guys in the next episode. Hold on, hold on, hold on. Fuck you, fuck you, fuck you, fuck you. One sec, one sec. One more thing. One more thing. Go for it. Sounds and Noises is out on St. Patrick's Day. 2000. Yes, yeah, St. Okay. Patrick's Day. This shit, when I tell you, okay? I don't even know what you're going to think of it. I don't even know if it's going to come out the way it's supposed to. I hope it does. Uh... But it's some treats on there. But no, if you're a UK viewer listening to this shit, you know, it's it's some Irish music. I don't know if you're with that. Uh, but I made the whole shit myself. I produced it. I mixed it. I fucking recorded it on my iPhone. So it's about to be a fun time. And uh, yeah. Oh, I love that. Love a bit of a shameless plug. <laughs> you gotta love it. You gotta love it. All right. Fucking blessed, bro. Thank okay. you so much. Thank you guys for watching.